Welcome into the PFN Bengals podcast. I am Dallas Robinson. He is Jay Morrison, as always, your Bengals beat reporter at Pro Football Network. Jay, lots to talk about today. Bengals, big win over the Buffalo Bills on Sunday Night Football. Continue to put themselves right back in the AFC mix as a, as a true contender in this conference. We've got a lot to get talk about today. we got to recap that win over the Bills. We've got some rest of season predictions that Jay and I are going to bring to you, see what we see is going to happen over the rest of this season. We'll obviously talk about the Texans and everything C.J. Stroud did and what, whether the Bengals are going to be able to stop him on Sunday, and we'll cover that game. So a lot to get into today today on the podcast. Jay, let's start with that, with that win on Sunday night over Josh Allen and the Bills. Just another kind of complete performance for the Bengals who were mm. really kind of looking like one of these elite teams in the AFC again, Joe Burrow. Almost another flawless performance from him. Um, the de- the defense played well. Contributions from everybody on this offense, which we'll get into, I'm sure. Uh, what, what were your takeaways from this game? To, to me, it was a game that really kind of showed that the Bengals are right back in this mix in the AFC. Yeah, for sure. Um, the A little bit of deja vu where yeah. – they jumped on them early and it just never they it never felt like they were threatened it reminded me so much of that playoff game where uh, it, it just seemed like they were in control of that game and, and did what they wanted to do offensively and um weird game uh, a lot of a lot of decisions for for zach taylor the, on the plus side of the field you know do you punt do you do you kick a field goal you go for it a lot of those kind of decisions um some uncharacteristic penalties, uh, yep. and they came in bunches. Uh, so that was a little weird, but for the most part, it looked like a a Joe Burrow in his just in his groove kind of game. And it it wasn't the crazy twenty eight of thirty two, but Brian Callahan talked about it yesterday. It was it was one of the best games he's ever seen Joe Burrow play, just because the Bills came out hell bent that said Jamar Chase is not going to get 10 catches today. They did everything they could to take him away. Yeah. That opening drive was crazy. There were six guys yeah. that had touches on that opening drive and, and none of them were Jamar Chase. And so um, getting Irv Smith, getting all the tight ends involved, it's just the, the next step in this offense. And um, I, I think Bengals fans should feel really good about number one, what they saw Sunday night, number two, what they did, that atmosphere, mm-hmm was the striping I thought ah you know and then I, I was like well it, it kind of seemed like a money grab because a yeah. lot of times when they try to do something like that they'll put the colored shirts on the seats that mm. they want people to wear just in case they don't get the memo and right and the Bengals didn't do that and there was so much orange it's like ah, I guess they need to sell more orange merchandise and <laughs> everybody showed up and and it was just it was really cool to look at and you can kind of see it filling in i usually get there about three hours before kickoff and mm-hmm. you can, that gate's open 90 minutes before kickoff and you see it kind of filling in and it was like eh, i don't know how this is going to play out and then once everybody was in there just a a fantastic job by by the fans and then by the game day crew all the people mm-hmm. the people that came up with the idea the people that executed the idea um it was just it was really really cool and and i i have youtube tv so I, I do a VPN. I act like I'm in Arizona yeah, yeah. so that I can watch the game live. And um, I, I always, those primetime games in particular, I love watching when they come back from commercial, the the shots that they get. Because it's not just the stadium and the aerials. They mm-hmm. get other kind of shots of the city. And uh, I just thought it looked really, really cool. I think everybody involved should be really proud uh, of what they put on that night. But the first and foremost, the team, that was just one heck of a performance. 
Yeah, it it was a great night. It was it was great to watch it at home on TV. It looked like an absolutely just rocking atmosphere, which mm. and I'm sure that plays into the, the the performance on the field too, right? I mean, you've got that, yeah. you feel that level of support from the stadium. I mean, that's got to that's got to feel great. Um, yeah, Joe Burrow. I think he just he hit he he had a, missed a couple throws, but he really hit so many throws. Man, when they came out after after the the Bills had scored their last touchdown and they had that first down instead of running yes. the ball instead yes. of running the ball and we're going to just kill the clock drop back no play action corner route to tyler boyd that felt like you know Bengals are not going to just sit back and, and let the bills do whatever they want it's we're going to take the action to you I, I really thought that was pretty impressive instead of just sitting back and trying to run out the clock um, that was like the only point when it really felt maybe something because the bills went yeah. for two and, yeah, and right. then it's like well geez if if the if the Bengals have to give it back to them here, all they got to do is go down, score, kick a field goal, and yeah. they're going to win the game. And you know, are they going to get conservative? Are they going to like as Mixon had done nothing that exactly. entire game except for a two yard touchdown run? But he wasn't breaking tackles. He wasn't he wasn't making guys miss. Yeah, it's like are they just going to slam him in here three times and punt the ball back to the Bills? And then they hit that route to Tyler Boyd, thirty two yards. It was yeah. it, he he had chased earlier in the game for thirty two, longest pass of the night uh, in that spot. Just um, incredible. Uh, the, the throw it wasn't an easy catch for Tyler Boyd. He no, had to kind of no, curl no. back on the ball. And then just the call by Zach, I thought it was, it was a statement and yeah. uh, it, it really, really sealed the win. Yeah. And it was such, it, the final score is 24, 18, but you're right. And that was really the only moment to me where it kind of felt like a close game. I mean, there were so many mm-hmm. points in this game where it never felt like the bills were threatening the Bengals in any capacity, but after they scored that, that second touchdown went for two, that, that was like kind of the point where it felt like the Bengals needed to close this out, and, and they did. Mm-hmm. Um, Burrow, you know, since week five, he's number one in the NFL in passing success rate. He's number six in EPA per play. I mean, these aren't surprising to numbers to anyone who's watched him play. He's just – he's looking like the Burrow of old, and it was good to see T. Higgins involved too, right? I mean, I yeah. think we saw Jamar Chase kind of get banged up, and we'll talk about that here shortly. It was good to see T. get fully involved and have his probably best game of the season – you know, is is he finally feeling better after that rib injury that he had earlier this year? Is is he going to be able to become that true like wide receiver one caliber player over the rest of the year? Especially if Jamar's hurt, right? I mean, they're going to need that. And then seeing the tight ends emerge. I mean, Drew Sample, who knew he had those kind of moves, right? That was Not incredible. <laughs> I, I couldn't believe it. I, I had to check it. Like, was that really Drew Sample? I couldn't believe it. <laughs> Irv Smith catches a touchdown. I mean, where's he been all year? Yeah. Tanner Hudson. Should have been on the roster all year. <laughs> At this point, you, you have to say, I mean, he looked really, really impressive. Rushing attack, still a lot of work to do there. I mean, Joe Joe Mixon had a few good runs, and he obviously closed it out at the very end with, with a nice play, but they just they just could not get anything going in the rushing game. So there's still, you know, there's still some areas to nitpick on this offense, but right. overall, you have to feel good about, about not, not just this game, but beating the 49ers and the Bills in back-to-back weeks getting yourself kind of back in the mix. I mean, it just, it just feels like we've talked about it so many times this year that is this a season reset? This feels like a season reset and then some, right? A season reset and then kind of advancing into the next tier too. It just got to feel good if you're a Bengals fan. Yeah, a reset and a rocket boost. I mean, it just it feels like they are fully back. And uh, the T. Higgins thing is a great point because I think that played into Buffalo's decision where it's easy to say, well, we're just going to take Jamar Chase away. And it's one of those careful what you get for because everybody knows T. Higgins could do that. But to this point, T. hadn't played like that. So it made sense that yep. Buffalo's like, well, let's let's make T. Higgins beat us. Let's make it make him prove that he is what he's been. And and he's, he came up huge, 110 yards, season high, tight ends, like I mentioned. So 
Yeah. And, and the thing is, you know, you, you mentioned Jamar that yep. he hurt his back on that, that deep shot when he landed on it. Um, not sure yet. We'll, we'll see when he practice, if he practices Wednesday and uh, you know, he was sore obviously on Monday, don't know if he's going to play. And you think back at this time last year when he missed the four games mm-hmm. with hip injury and T really took over yeah. and that's what they're going to need. And um, plus, you know, you've got the tight ends now stepping up Tyler Boyd, Andre Yoshivas is a, he's established a, a bit of a connection with, with Joe Burrow. So um, I, I, Nobody wants to see Jamar Chase miss time. Of course I don't know. It's not one of those, oh no, what's going to happen to the offense? I, I think I think that uh, it, they're in good shape. That was a huge element to get T. Higgins back to oh, looking yeah. like T. Higgins. Yeah, and we heard Chris Collinsworth talk about it, that Jamar Chase injury on the broadcast, that Chris Collinsworth as a former receiver has had that same type of injury where you kind of fall on your back, you're not able to, to brace yourself and – kind of hit that area of your back when and Collinsworth mentioned it, that Jamar Chase is going to be very sore getting out of bed on, on Monday morning. Mm-hmm. That's what Jamar Chase said. He's very sore. We don't know at this point. I mean, obviously the practice reports will give us a better sense if Jamar Chase is going to play. Um, if he doesn't play, I am curious, like how specifically they will replace him though. I wonder, you know, will Trent Irwin see the majority of the snaps? Maybe Yoshivas could step up and see the majority of the snaps outside. If, mm-hmm. if Chase doesn't play um, when T Higgins was out, Irwin saw the majority of, the, of those snaps outside. Um, I don't know if that's going to continue. Well, do you have any thoughts on that? Do you think Yoshivas would see more of a role now that we're a little farther in the season, or do you think it would still be Irwin if Chase doesn't, if Chase can't play next week? Yeah, I think it would be more Irwin. I think you would see Yoshivas get more snaps, mm-hmm. but uh, I think you would primarily see Irwin filling in there as the yeah. starter. And, you know, it's we, we don't know um, how, how bad it's going to be. You know, maybe it feels better today. Maybe it feels worse today, yeah. but – History is always important when it comes to these things. And, you know, Jamar talked about with Burrow. Just wait till week five. Don't come back. Make sure you're fully healthy. That's his mindset. And we saw it last year with the hip injury. Mm -hmm. He could have missed three games and come back for the Tennessee game. And he he said, no, I I, I want one more game until I feel fully ready to go. So um, you, you have to keep that in your mind, especially with sitting on the opposite side of this Houston game is Mm. Baltimore, a key division game. If they lose to Baltimore, it's going to be really hard, hard to win this division um, to to fall that far behind the Ravens. It may be two games back, but still that's, that's a lot when you're talking about really it's three because the Ravens would have the tie, the head to head tiebreaker on the Ravens having swept them. So it, it, it wouldn't surprise me that if, if Jamar is still feeling any lingering effects from that later this week, that, that maybe he says, I trust my guys to yeah. beat Houston and then I'm coming back for Baltimore. In another divisional game against the Steelers right after the Ravens game too. So it's, yeah. it, it's such a important stretch coming up that look, we're going to talk about Houston. You can't overlook the Texans. I mean, and what they're doing no, not at all, but if it means a long-term season of health for Jamar chase, Missing one game, I don't think would be that would be the end of the world. Um, so we'll see how that plays out as the, as the week progresses. We'll have to see how he if he can practice, if he's limited, and, and whatnot. Um, what about the defense? I thought the defense played well too. Um, I you know Josh Allen likes to give the ball away. Um, mm-hmm. He got he gave one away to Cam Taylor Britt, who I just think is he's the he's the top cornerback on this team at this point. Yeah, I think he's constantly just creating plays again after Zach Taylor decides to to punt on a fourth questionable fourth down decisions. Cam Taylor Britt uh, gets the ball right back, so good for him. Um, 
just a lot of players on this defense stepping up. Miles Murphy finally getting a couple pressures, getting getting some mm-hmm. snaps. Jermaine Pratt, I mean, what an absolute causing that fumble and punching that ball of Dalton Kincaid's mm. hands. I mean, that was incredible. Jermaine Pratt seems like he's constantly around the ball. It's just, yes. un, it's unbelievable. Like he's always in the right spot. I, I think you have to give some credit to Lou Anarumo for that too, for how, where these guys are deployed and how they're always in the right spot. But I thought this was another, another good defensive performance uh, from Lou Anarumo's side. Would any, anyone stand out to you on the defensive side of the ball that you want to shout out? Yeah. Well, Cam Taylor, Britt, you mentioned, I, I, I think DJ Turner right now is, CB too. I mean, yeah. he's, he's starting, he's playing more than Cheeto, yeah. um, you know, kudos to Cheeto for coming back from the the injury, but it's really been pretty impressive what DJ Turner has mm-hmm. been able to do. And it started in camp and it's continued through the the, the regular season. And um, this, I don't think this is as much about Cheeto's injury recovery at this point as it yeah. is just how well DJ has played. Yeah. Um, Pratt, you mentioned that's, I, He's one of those guys. That's all he talks about is turnovers. I mean, you, you can talk to him, you can pull him aside, and and talk about anything in the locker room, and it's going to come back to turnovers. And he's he's just all about the football. Uh, always talking about his next turnover is going to be his favorite, and um, he just he has that knack. And I mean, that's it's not just back to back weeks; it's back to back weeks in the red zone. Yes. I mean, it was was it was a first and goal, wasn't it? When he yeah. intercepted Purdy, yes, um, it, an incredible play. And then that was going to be first and goal if if Cade survives the cartwheel and and, yep. go, and goes down. Just just an incredible nose for the ball, and it 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 shouldn't be overlooked that you know he was a third round pick in twenty nineteen, Logan in twenty twenty. They played all this time together yeah. as as starters, and that's that's big. I mean, we we talk about losing. Bates and Bell and what that meant and that has really kind of offset it when you have two guys that know each other inside and out playing next to each other and kind of really can be the quarterbacks of that defense Mm -hmm. um, that that is big time and then Trey Hendrickson too I mean he just finds ways to affect I think what he had eight pressures in that game and um, Lou feeling a little more comfortable because they did have a two score lead for a lot of that where he was he was resting those starting D linemen and getting the backups in there for an entire series, and yep. then we see Miles Murphy making it pay off. And so, yeah, the the defense, you, you look at you know the yards given up and all that, it, it just never looks impressive. Um, but the takeaways and then the points they're allowing, they they are one of the top. There, I mean, they are rolling in to the the meat of the season um, as one of the best defenses out there. I, that's kind of the staple of a Lou Anarumo defense, right? Is yeah. give up a lot of yards, not a lot of points, bend but don't break. And I, it, it goes back to Jermaine Pratt and talking about turnovers. I mean, that's so important in today's NFL when everybody is trying to prevent explosive plays. They're playing too high shells, just waiting for an offense to make a mistake. Jermaine Pratt creates those mistakes. I mean, he's constantly, mm-hmm. constantly ready to take the ball away. And that's that's just huge in the way that the NFL game is played now. Um yeah, I think this put this win puts the Bengals kind of right back in that mix with the AF in the AFC. I it's going to be tough to catch the Ravens, and obviously next Thursday or we'll get into that when when that game comes up. But it's going to be tough given how well the Ravens are playing. The Ravens might be the best team in the NFL. Uh, we'll see when we have our PFN power rankings come out later today. But it's I put them at two. Okay, okay, <laughs> I, I, I put them at one. They're they're just wow. playing so well. But you have, but you have to feel good that the Bengals could catch them if things break the right way, and and getting a, another AFC crucial AFC victory over the Bills, I think, is going to go a long way towards that. Um, let's get into our rest of season predictions, Jay. We're gonna 
we're going to make a couple <laughs> of predictions for how the rest of the season will go. Uh, we, you and I have been wrong a lot this season, obviously. We, we picked the Bengals a lot early this year when they weren't winning. We've been right, too. We've gotten some things right. Um, so we, this season, is, it's been a topsy-turvy season. I mean, it, it's been such a strange kind of journey from week one and how bad they looked to how good the Bengals look now. Um, we're just going to do three predictions each for how we think maybe the rest of the season can go. Maybe they'll be right. Maybe they'll be wrong. We don't, we don't know. We will, we'll have to wait and see. Jay, what do you have for your first prediction? What do you, what do you think is going to happen the rest of this year for the Bengals? Well, I was going to come out strong and just really with my biggest one that I think fans would like the best. I'm going to save that one for last. I'm okay. going to piggyback off what we were talking about with the turnovers of Jermaine Pratt. Mm-hmm. Bengals currently are tied for first in turnover, turnover differential in the league plus nine. I'm going to predict that they finish the year number one in turnover differential. Joe Burrow doesn't give it away. No. Um, the offensive line is better. I mean, if, if Joe Burrow is going to have a turnover, it's more likely to be a strip sack because he gets hit so often. And that's he's not getting his hit, that, hit as much this year. He's not putting the ball in danger when he throws it. And the defense has taken – the defense has 11 interceptions this year. They had 13 all of last year. They are just – they're – they're stealing the football. The Bengals aren't giving it away. I went back and I looked. Uh, the last time the Bengals led the league in turnover differential was 2005. Wow. Uh, won the division that year. Yeah. A lot of people thought they they had a good chance to win the Super Bowl that year until Kimo Fonel Hoffman's hit on yes. Carson Palmer, and everybody knows what happens after that. Delta um, O'Neill and Torrey Holt, lots of interceptions. Back, yes, back at that time. yes. Um, the only other time they were in the top five in that span, 2015, also a division championship, also a team people thought could have won the Super yep. Bowl had Andy Dalton not broke his thumb. Uh, they were third in turnover differential this year. It matters. It's a major, yep. major thing. Um, and if you've got a quarterback and an offense playing the way this one is and you can take the ball away that often, good things are going to happen. So um, they're, they're tied with the Chargers. The Chargers got three last night, so they are both plus nine. Uh, but that's going to be my first prediction that the Bengals end the season ranked number one in turnover differential. I like that. I like that. You're right. Joe Burrow doesn't give the ball away. Four interceptions this year. Third lowest interception rate in the NFL so far. So he just mm-hmm. doesn't give the ball away. And Bengals defense is playing so opportunistic. I think I think that could definitely happen. Um, I'll save my, my big one for the last two. I, I will start with kind of a simple one. I think Tanner Hudson is going to end the season as the top tight end on the team, on the Bengals yeah. roster. I think he could lead this, end up leading the tight ends in targets, receptions, yards, and touchdowns. Um, it's not a huge hurdle he has to overcome, or a huge obstacle he has to overcome. I mean, Irv Smith caught his first touchdown of the year, but hasn't done much. Drew Sample, we, we've talked about, isn't exactly your, an offensive weapon. I think Tanner Hudson, listen, he's 28 years old. He doesn't have an established NFL track record, but he's looked good every time he's been on the field. Throughout the preseason, every time he's gotten opportunities during the regular season, I just think he is much more talented than the other tight ends on this roster. I think he's continuing to show it, continue to get confidence, uh, build confidence with Joe Burrow. I think by the end of the year, he's going to be that guy who's out there starting and getting the most of the the touches at the tight end position. He played fewer snaps than Herb Smith Sunday night, and he still had more catches and more yards. Yes. So he didn't have the touchdown. But, um, you know, I talked to Zach Taylor about this yesterday about – what was last week like with Irv coming off the fumble? And mm-hmm. then he has the fumble. Then they promote Tanner Hudson. Did you have to sit down and talk to him and say, hey, you're still in our plans? And, and he said no. That that He's like, we don't work that way here where there's a fumble and someone's going to get punished. And he said this was 
totally about Tanner Hudson, hmm. that he is he has earned this opportunity with the way he has practiced, especially the week last week um, leading up to the Buffalo or leading up to the San Francisco game. Great yeah. week of practice. And I mean, obviously, Burrow trust him, a, a guy that that's this is this the third time that they've pulled him off the practice squad to be active for a game. The other two were game day elevations. This right. is a permanent one with a 53 and Burrow likes throwing to him and he trusts him and he hits him in big spots. He hit him for a 17 yard gain on a third and one. So I, I think that is good. And Irv has the, he has the injury history as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, you don't want to predict that, but you know, no, no. in the back of your mind, it's always there that he could miss some more time. Um, yeah. So, and it's not like, Oh, Tanner Hudson's only played three games. He's got a long hill to climb to overcome. Herb Smith, Herb Smith does not have a lot of production no, so far this no. year. So uh, yeah, I I would agree with you on that one. Yeah, yeah, I think he's just been really impressive, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's kind of kind of much more in the mix by the se- the time the season ends. Um, what's your what's your second prediction? Right, it's a little obscure, but okay. I like streaks. I like stats. Yes, um, you do. Yeah. Uh, so, and I said it: the offensive line's playing better. It almost happened Sunday night. At some point this season, the Bengals are going to break their streak of giving up at least one sack in a game. Mm. They only gave up one against yeah. Buffalo. They almost ended it. They it, The streak currently stands at 38. It's the second longest streak in the NFL right now. It's four shy of the Bengals' record. The Bengals gave up a sack in 42 straight games from 97 to 99. They broke that snap in week 11 against Baltimore Wow! after Houston, they play Baltimore in week 11. (laughs) I'm just saying sometime in the next three games, they're going to, they're going to pitch a shutout. They're going to keep Burrow clean. They're not going to give a sack. They're going to break that streak. That's an interesting one. I I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see if that comes true or not. Uh, this Bengals offensive line. I I do think they're playing better, but I I don't know. Joe Joe Burrow also likes to hold on to the ball occasionally. I uh, we'll see. We'll see. I, I a lot of these teams are going to be playing. Uh, can get after the quarterback too. So I don't. We'll see how that one goes. Um, all right. I'm I'm going to go a little bit bigger picture here and a little towards the end of the season for my second prediction. I think the Bengals are going to go to their third straight third straight AFC title game. Wow. I it, it's tough. You look around the AFC and there are so many other good teams. But you the Bengals are just on such a roll. It feels like they're a train that is not going to be stopped. And maybe that's easy to say because we've seen them do it for two straight seasons. But you just look around the league and it's like you, you could see the the Bengals absolutely getting back to the AFC title game. You could see them getting back to the Super Bowl. I mean, they're they're they are firing on so many on all cylinders right now. Um, I, I just think that there there is a path where they could absolutely get back to that title game for a third straight season. Will it be against the Chiefs? Will it be against the Ravens? Will it be against the Bills? I don't know. I don't know who that other team could be, but I really feel good about the Bengals right now. And I think given that that experience that they have in the playoffs down the stretch, kind of being able to put themselves in a position to close out these key games. I think they'll be able to get back there. Um, we'll see if it actually happens. We'll see if it's the Chiefs and whether they can actually get back to the Super Bowl. But I, that's my second prediction is another AFC title game in the books. My uh, my final one kind of is, follows that path. Now, this it's always a this is a an exercise I've done for a number of years. You get to midseason, you make the second half predictions. Mm-hmm. Uh, last year at midseason, the Bengals were zero and three against AFC North teams. I predicted they would go three and zero the rest of the way and and win the division um tougher hill to climb this year but and a tougher task 
because they have four AFC North yeah. games left. I'm going to do it again. They're, they're going to go 4-0 and against the AFC North the rest of the way. They're going to win the division. Um, Baltimore is going to be the hard one. That's Thursday yeah. night, short week. They haven't won a road primetime game since 2012. Um, but, you know, that it, you just look at the history there where Lamar Jackson has a hard time staying healthy. And if the Bengals can get that first one, um, I know Cleveland's been their kryptonite, but that, that season ender uh, at – at Paycor, yeah. you know, I think the Bengals will probably be favored in that one. Yeah, and then you think about Pittsburgh. Could, could they sweep the Steelers? Yes. Um, I, I, it's interesting. I, I looked this up. I, if if they can, if they, they the first game against Pittsburgh is home, but then they have that that road game against Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. and if they can win that one, Joe Burrow would have three straight wins at Pittsburgh. So I went back and I looked. Boomer Sison's the only other quarterback in franchise history that won three straight starts at Pittsburgh. He did it from 88 to 90. And then I thought, well, what about why just limit it to Bengals quarterbacks? Mm-hmm. How many quarterbacks in the history of the NFL have won three straight starts in Pittsburgh? What, what do you think that number is? Oh, God, it's got to be extremely low. Uh, five? Exactly. It's exactly <laughs> five. You may have heard of some of these guys. Yeah, I'm assuming, yeah. In, in addition to Boomer Esiason, Warren Moon won three mm-hmm. in a row. Bernie Kosar won three in a row. Joe Flacco won three in a row. John Elway won three in a row. So two of them in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. One in the Bengals Ring of Honor. Um, elite company. It, yes. It, I mean, there, there's a reason for that. It's hard to do. Yeah. So, and if, if that's going to be the, the night before Christmas Eve when the Bengals go to Pittsburgh for that game. Um, but Joe Burrow's really played well in Pittsburgh. It's just, oh, yeah. they haven't just won. He's played really well in those games. So um, I think they can do it. I think they can, uh, I'm not going to say they're going to run the entire table like yeah. they did last year to get to the AFC championship game. But I, I think they finished the division, finished the year with a four and two division record as AFC North champions for the third year in a row. And then we'll see how the playoffs play yeah. out. I could absolutely see it. I, I almost, at this point, almost be more concerned about the Browns game than the Ravens game. <laughs> just yeah. be, Obviously, the Ravens are, are playing incredible football, but the Browns are just such a bad matchup for this Bengals team. And mm-hmm. the way that defense is playing under Jim Schwartz, and I know they've, they've fallen off a little bit, but man, that, that the way that Miles Garrett got after this offensive line in, in the first game, it, it really does give you pause. But at home, I, I think that could be a better matchup than it was earlier this season. So I, I like that one. My final prediction is actually we're going to go past the season. We're going to go past the playoffs. We're going to go into next offseason. I think Lou Anarumo is going to be a head coach next year. Yeah. I think this is finally the offseason when it happens. He's He was obviously kind of irritated. He didn't get a, a head job last offseason. And earlier this year, you know, the Bengals defense wasn't playing very well. It looked like maybe it was going to be another swing and a miss this offseason. But Bengals defense has gotten back on track. I think there's going to be a lot of head coaching openings this offseason. Um, I, I did something on this earlier this year. I think there could be eight, nine, ten openings this offseason, potentially, and on how the rest of the season goes. I think Luna Rumo is absolutely going to be in the mix for those jobs, and, and I think he will get one. I think this is the year. I think you see teams kind of giving defensive coordinators more more opportunities than they have in the past where teams were so hell-bent on saying we have to get an offensive coordinator in because we have to get a guy who can call plays and develop a quarterback. I think you're seeing that change around the league a little bit where you can find a defensive coordinator who can implement a program and bring a culture and and kind of 
do the things that Lou Anarumo does, right? I mean, he's a great guy in the locker room. He's a very kind of, he's a blunt guy who, who's, he, I don't know, personable is the right word, but he says, he says what he's thinking. He, he wears it all on his sleeve. I think that could be attractive to other teams that maybe want to change their culture a little bit. So I think he is going to be a very interesting candidate this offseason, and I think he will finally get a job. Yeah, I mean, it's all cyclical. You you, you talked about all, everybody wanted the young, innovative head coach, play-calling yeah. head coach, and and now scoring's down around the league. The defenses are catching up. And I I do think, I mean, a great example, we're, we're going to see it this weekend with mm-hmm. Tomiko Ryan. Yep. So, yeah, gets a chance, him and Jonathan Gannon. Now, things haven't gone as well for Jonathan Gannon for other reasons in Arizona, but it, teams are a little more interested it seems like in going after the defensive mind and it's i still wonder um because lou's about my age you know you, you talk about a guy in his mid 50s and are, are that is is it enough to be a defensive genius are they going to want the young guy like that right. so i think that works against him i know that's ageism and it's just but it's just it, it's it just the reality it's, it's the reality yeah it is yeah. but if they make another run and he keeps doing what he's been doing and shutting down these elite offenses and yeah yeah, I, I, it'd be hard not to. And it's it's not just about the X's and O and the track record. Mm-hmm. If if you these GMs get Lou in and sit down and talk to him, and and I don't you know I don't know I wasn't there for the interviews with Arizona, but he he was close, and he is one of those guys where you know you, you see it. You sit down with him, you talk to him face to face, you see the passion, you see the intelligence, you see the drive, and I'm with you. I. I know Bengal fans aren't going to want to hear it. They hope Lou is in Cincinnati forever, sure. but that's, that's not realistic. Um, if they go, they win three straight division titles, go to three straight AFC championship yeah. games. I, it's I, it's unfathomable to think that that he could not be a yeah. head coach somewhere next year. And, and maybe Brian Callahan too. I mean, he was the mix last year. I mean, it, it's so there's so there's such different candidates, right? I mean, one guy's young in offense, one guy's older on defense. It's you're right. It, it's what teams are going to be looking for around the league. And like I said, I, I think there will be so many openings that it, it just seems like impossible that Anna won't get a job this year. But yeah, like you said, Bengals fans are hoping he doesn't. So I, we'll see. We'll see if he is he's able to get back there. Um, that's our predictions for for this <laughs> this rest of this year. We'll see how they go. I don't know. I haven't been very good at predicting this th- things this this season so far. So I don't know if uh, any of these three things will come true. But I'm sure Bengals fans hope that at least some of them will. Um, I will say, you know, as I said I do this exercise every year, so yeah. I'm, I'm writing the story right now, and I, I have a few others that, in case you you took one of mine, I'd have to pivot. Let's hear. So, uh, well, no, 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 I'm, I'm saving them. I'm, I'm oh, gonna, you're gonna write the story? Okay. Yeah, I'm okay. gonna publish the article. All we. Right. We do. They they they've asked all of us to write kind of a midseason award yeah. story uh, with you know MVP and most improved. We just did that a couple of weeks ago. We, yeah. we said it was pseudo midseason because the Bengals buy was close, and I, I felt like it would be too repetitive. So I asked the bosses, "Can I do some hot take predictions for Excellent. the end of the end of the season?" And they said, "Yeah, go for it." So I'll have that article uh, either dropping later today or on Wednesday. Perfect. I can't wait to read that. I love hot takes, especially from Jay Morrison. Uh, let's <laughs> let's talk about this next week's game. We've got Bengals Texans coming up on Sunday. The Texans, I mean, wow, what a performance from CJ Stroud on Sunday against the Buccaneers! Oh, Just unbelievable. I mean, how do you think the Panthers feel right now about taking Bryce <laughs> Young over 
over CJ Stroud. It's like taking, you know, Sam Bowie, is it Bowie or Bowie over, over Michael, <laughs> over Michael Jordan back in the yeah. day. I mean, it just, they have to feel terrible about it. Um, this Texans team, I mean, up until this week, I feel like they've kind of flown under the radar. I mean, CJ Stroud has gotten a lot of publicity, but this entire team is playing well. I think a, I personally expected this team to be, you know, competing for the uh, number one pick in the draft next mm-hmm. year. I mean, this isn't a, an overly talented roster. They've got a first year head coach and D'Amico Ryans, you know, inexperienced uh, offensive coordinator and, and Bobby Slowick, uh, former Bengals coach Matt Burke, a defensive mm-hmm. coordinator. Um, but I think this team is is really playing ab- above what we what most people around the league expected. I mean, they're they could actually make the playoffs. They're four and four. They're, they could they could fight for a wild card spot in the AFC. Um, what are your thoughts, Jay, on, on this game? I mean, I, I think the Bengals are clearly more talented. I mean, I don't I don't think there's a debate about that. But it's the NFL; anything can happen. I mean, CJ Stroud, if he can attack this Bengals defense and these cornerbacks and play like he did last week, I mean, this is going to be a game. It's not going to be some walkover victory. This is going to be a game the Bengals are going to have to. They can't overlook the, this Texans team, uh, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, we talk about how much they they take the ball away, yeah. and and even Nick Scott was uh, talking to reporters in the locker room yesterday and talking about how they had two celebrations planned for turnovers against the Bills, and there was some confusion, and half of them thought they were doing one, so he's like, "We got one that we're we'll save that for next week." And, yeah, and I wanted to say, you do know that CJ Stroud has only thrown one interception all year. <laughs> right. You might have to save that for a couple weeks, but that it is, it's impressive. And I'm an Ohio State fan, and just watching the way that when they when they finally unleashed him and let him do everything that he's capable mm-hmm. of doing against Georgia I mean that was one of the best defenses we've seen in a long time look yeah, at all the yeah. draft picks there he yeah. he sliced them up yes I mean that the I, I don't want to sound like the fan here where the Ohio State should have won that game but what they did offensively yeah. was so impressive in that game and he hasn't missed a step since he got in the league yeah. and I do wonder you know it, we saw it with how hot this team is that the Bengals three straight games where they've scored touchdowns on their first two possessions. If they can yeah. do that again and get a two score lead, then that changes the whole dynamic sure. uh, for, for a young quarterback and trying to play catch up. Um, but I do, I, 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 I think the, the Bengals will, will be able to win this game. The the Texans defense doesn't really scare you. So you, you think the Bengals are going to be able to move the ball and score. Yeah. And then it's just a, a question of is, is the CJ Stroud take another huge step? I mean, it's going to be hard to replicate 470 yards and five touchdowns. I assume he's going to be <laughs> the reigning AFC player of the week when he goes yeah. walking into Paycor on Sunday. Um, but they, you know, Damian Pierce, the running back missed last week with an ankle injury. I, I will see if he's able to go this week. Mm-hmm. Are they going to have a kicker? I mean, their, their kicker, Got hurt in that game, and they had to have a running back kick the go-ahead yeah. field goal. Uh, so there, there's some questions there, and it's you know it's 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 to, it's so impressive what they've done and and where they stand right now at four and four in this board. I think everybody kind of thought that they could be a dangerous team when this game came up because mm-hmm. you've got a first-year head coach, you've got a rookie quarterback, and they start feeling a little success and you're thinking maybe they're two and six and one two out of their last three that kind of thing. This is totally different. Um, but I, I just, I'd be really surprised uh, because of how well the Bengals are playing. Because they don't, 
they don't tend to overlook people. They, no. they, it's quite the opposite. They they look for yeah. some reason to be slighted yeah. and 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 feed off of that. I don't know what that would be with with Houston, but um, I, they'll, I think, they'll find something. They'll find something. Yeah, they'll, <laughs> yeah. they'll manufacture it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I I, I think you're going to see the the Bengals win this game. Um, I, I'm looking forward to it. I, I really yeah. think it could be a fun game, but um, I I just I can't see Houston coming in and winning. And I haven't looked, but. Has Houston won a road game yet? Have all their wins been at home? Uh, I'm not sure. I can I can look that up in a second. Yeah, I I think that I think it'll be a good game. Like I I really do. I don't I don't think it's going to be a blowout either way. Um, the one thing I'm kind of curious about, I think Houston has a really underrated offensive line. Like yeah. they they've got Laramie Tunsil at left tackle. Shaq Mason's a veteran. Titus Howard's a veteran. They've got they have some maybe some problems at center, but they they have a really good offensive line that's keeping CJ Stroud protected. They're eighth in pass block win rate. Like mm-hmm. I. I don't think they're gonna. The Bengals are gonna be able to get after CJ Stroud as much as maybe they have in past weeks against other teams. So that's that's kind of one concern for me. Um, yeah, the defense doesn't scare me. I mean, Will Anderson obviously is a good player. He's a good edge rusher, but he's a rookie. He's kind of the only guy you have to worry about in terms of getting pressure. I I think I don't think the Bengals offensive line will have any trouble with that. And, and this defense, you know, they're they're missing Derek Stingley, their top corner. They they can take the ball away, but I don't think that they're they're not this like defense who's going to put the clamps down on an offense like this. Yeah. E- even if Jamar Chase doesn't play, I I really don't think I I really don't think that's the case. So I think it'll be a close game, and and I you're right, they're not going to overlook a team like the Texans, and they can't because they they could get beat if they do. But I I really do like the Bengals. We're get, we'll get into our predictions here in a second, but I think the Bengals are definitely the most talented talented roster between these two, and um and I like them in this game. Um. Let's go ahead and get into our, our bets and predictions for the week. Then I think we've kind of hinted at what we what we like here. Uh, every every week, Jay and I and our betting director Brian Blewis do do a couple of bets. If you've been listening along this year, you've seen that some of us have been doing better than others. I won't mention any names. Um, we do one Bengals bet and we do one non-Bengals bet. Jay, you want to recap where we stand for this year, and we can get into our bets for this week. <laughs> do you want me to recap? Oh, I don't know. That you took Seattle <laughs> plus five and a half at Baltimore, and they lost thirty-seven to three. Uh, um, but you, you know, you won your other one. You had I the Bengals covering, yeah. and they did. So you went even, equal, even for the week. That yeah. that is a a win when you're betting. Um, Brian continues. Uh, he had Chiefs minus two and a half, and then he got a push with Tampa Bay plus three. So he's still our leader. Um, I. I had mentioned it last week. I didn't know what the line would be, but I, I went Josh Allen over one half interception. I just I knew he was going to throw one. Yeah. It was minus one fifty, so my five dollar bet won me three dollars. Um, it's a profit. And then I I took the teaser. I, I bumped the Dolphins to eight, so I covered there, but yeah. I went over forty five, and that yeah. that didn't hit, so I lost fifteen on that. So uh, going into this week. Um, Brian is our leader at plus 10. You are now in second at minus 40, and I'm in last at minus 42. All right. And um, I hate to call him out, but I, I sent him a I sent him a message very early this morning saying we are recording at 11. <laughs> I still don't have Brian's picks, but he, he's not going to be able to fool fast when he's in the lead. We're going to hold him. So I, <laughs> I, I will get his picks, uh, and we'll recap those on the podcast next week. Uh, but I just I don't have them to, to deliver to you guys right now. That's fair. I'm, I'm sure he'll have good picks. I'm sure he'll have better picks than, than you or I have either way. Um, I'll go ahead and give my non-Bengals bet for the week. Okay. I'm going to go to the Falcons-Cardinals game where the Falcons are only favored 
It was one point, one and a half points when I looked last night. Now it looks like it's only one point they're favored by. Now, I know, I don't think Atlanta is a great team by any stretch, but I don't think the Cardinals are even barely an NFL caliber team at this point. I know they're getting Kyler Murray back next week. They're not going to be starting fifth round rookie Clayton Toon again. I understand that. Kyler Murray, it's going to be his first game in a long time. He's playing a new offensive scheme, bad offensive line. I, I really think this could absolutely be a blowout. I mean, did anybody watch the Cardinals last week? I, I mean, I know we're, they're not playing the Browns, the Browns defense, but Atlanta's defense is pretty good. And if Taylor Heineke can just play some mistake-free football, I mean, one, one point, one point favorite against the Cardinals, I mean, I will take that all day long. Yeah, I don't know. I I don't like that one. I I, I, <laughs> I like the uh, I like the magic of Ky- of Kyler coming back and really um, okay and, all right, all right. and it, it, Atlanta almost kind of feels I'm not obviously plugged in with that team, but it there's a bit of a Vegas feel there. Where I'm not sure that organization is bought in on Arthur Smith. Oh, I agree with you. And I agree with you. I I don't know. I I just I, I wouldn't touch that game. I. If I did pick, I would go on the Arizona side, but I would not oh, bet it. Oh, I can't. Um, I'm, I'm going lopsided again this week. Okay. I'm going to go 15 of my 20 units on my non-Bengals bet. I'm going, and I hate doing this. I can't believe I'm doing it. I hate laying this many points. But Dallas is favored oh. by 16 and a half against. I was going to ask you if you were going to take that one. <laughs> I they, can't believe I it. I mean, they're going <laughs> to win by 30. That oh. Devito is. It, it's just I can't. I looked it up because, uh, you know, I unfortunately I've already used Dallas in my survivor pool, but mm-hmm. uh, I was talking to some other people about it today. And uh, the last 25 games in the NFL in which a team's been favored by 16 and a half or more, um, they're 22 and three straight up. That's pretty good. Yeah. They've covered 14 of the 25. Wow. That's a pretty good record that is, that for is, laying yeah. that many points. Yeah. Um, it's a division game, so that scares you a little bit. But yeah, Dallas going to be pissed off coming off that loss against philadelphia you're hearing people slander them all week this week about how they can't match up mm-hmm. with the big dogs and and that giants offense is just a wreck I, they may not score 16 and a half let alone cover 16 and a half yeah. so i'm 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 I that's like an easy that. one i'm taking dallas for that i mean they already beat the giants 40 to nothing in week one and yeah that was, that was with daniel jones that was with and, daniel and jones. a healthy offensive line and you know mostly healthy everywhere else and now we're on a third string undrafted rookie quarterback with yeah. a banged up offensive line and no weapons and yeah it's 16 and a half is a lot of points, but I cannot imagine the Giants coming anywhere anywhere near the Cowboys in that game. Um, okay, I will give my Bengals bet, and I will go ahead and give my prediction too. So my Bengals bet, I think it's going to be something of a shootout. I really do. I mean, I'm with you. I, I don't know how you can how you can think anything else after watching these two teams this past week. So um, the total that I saw was 46 and a half, and I'm mm-hmm. definitely going to take the over on that. I, I really I really do see a higher scoring game. Um, yeah, I, I just don't see any any reason to go against that. I mean, I, I don't think you can after watching how many how these offenses played uh, this past week. I, I, that was mine too. I went nice. over forty six and a half with, and because for the same reason where I could see the Bengals getting a two score lead yeah. and then kind of playing a little soft, and it's the back and forth, and Houston's going to put up points. Um, so uh, yeah, I've got it. I've got it going well over forty six. Yes. I have it going well over to oh, not about well over. My, so my final score, I'm, I'm going to pick the Bengals to win. I'm going to pick Cincinnati 30, Houston 23. So okay. decently high scoring game with the Bengals winning by about a score. I, I think it'll be close throughout. Um, yeah, I, I could see the Bengals having a two score lead at some point. Houston maybe climbing back in, clawing back into it at the end and making it a close game, uh, closer score than maybe it appeared. But 
overall, I think it'll be kind of a back and forth game, but I do think the Bengals will win. Yeah, I've, I've got Bengals 34, Texans 24. Um, again, I think it's going to be kind of that two score buffer back and forth and yeah. um, 34 would match the, the season high for the Bengals. I think that's in reach. Yeah, uh, Bengals are one of four teams in the league that have not given up more than 27 in a game this year. Uh, Baltimore, Kansas City, and now I'm forgetting the all Tennessee surprisingly mm. has not. So um, maybe the Texans could get to 28 and, and knock them off that list, but I don't think so. I, I'm going to stick with that 34, 24 Bengals. Yeah. To answer your question from before, they had Houston has one on the road. They beat Jacksonville in Jacksonville in week three. Yeah, 37. A lot of people out of the survivor pools yeah, that week. 37 to 17. I kind of forgot about yeah. that game. Um, like I said, I think the Texans have been kind of overlooked this season. And I, I maybe that changed on Sunday. And maybe maybe that could change depending on how this results go, go in week 10. Um, anything else, Jay, before we sign off? I mean, I almost feel like we're overlooking the Texans a little bit, and maybe that'll come back to bite us next week. But I, I think we both feel pretty confident that the Bengals will walk in and get a win this week. Yeah. If it, if it was in Houston, I think I would still pick the Bengals. Mm-hmm. But um, you're right. I, it, it doesn't matter if we're overlooking them. It's it's if the Bengals <laughs> right. are. Yes. And I just don't think Zach Taylor is going to let that happen. Yeah, no, I would agree. Everyone, thanks for listening so much to this PFN Bengals podcast. We appreciate all your support. Please uh, give us a review if you're on a podcast platform. Give us a like and subscribe on YouTube. Make sure you come read all of Jay's work and everybody's work at Pro Football Network. Um, Enjoy the game this week. We'll be back on Wednesday next week. We've got a little schedule change. We'll be back on Wednesday morning or afternoon to recap this game and look forward to that that huge uh, Week 11 clash against Baltimore. So thanks again for listening. We will talk to you next week. 